Before we start today's episode, I want to mention our sponsor, Swoosh English, the best way to pass your OET or IELTS exams. For 10% off any course, go to swooshenglish.com forward slash our voices discount or click the link in the episode description. I'm Alex Melia, and this is Our Voices, a stage for real people to tell the real stories we never get to hear. In this series, we welcome NHS doctors and nurses who now live and work in the UK. We'll immerse ourselves within their stories as they work tirelessly to help their patients. I'm a big fan of Princess Diana. Of course, I'm a fan of James Bond movies. And then I had an opportunity 2018 to apply here, and then I grabbed it. This is Angel. When she first came to the UK from the Philippines two and a half years ago, she was working as a respiratory nurse. Probably July, I transferred in cardiology, and I work in one of the biggest um, NHS trusts in, in the UK. Nursing seems to run in the family. I was interested as to why she thought that was. Um, it all started from my grandparents. I think they encouraged my mom to be a nurse, just because my mom always wanted to live in the States. So they said the, the easiest way for you to go to America is to become a nurse. So my mom became a nurse and then her sister is a doctor. Angel had to struggle to like nursing. This was her ticket to leave her home country. It was always a dream to like settle somewhere in New York or London. It was a little bit tough for me because I didn't like it initially. Nursing school from uni and then... For the first three years, it was like hard thing adjusting because I really didn't see myself into the four walls in the hospital every day working. And then, I don't know, eventually I just learned to love it. So, why England? As a fully qualified nurse, she could have gone anywhere. Um, You'd probably be laughing at me. It's because I'm a big fan of Princess Diana. So that was be one of the reasons. I've got a big crush on Prince William. Of course, I'm a fan of James Bond movies. So I've said, um, I really want to see the play someday. I want to live there someday. I want to learn the accent, which I never did. You had a crush on Prince William. What's wrong with Harry? I don't know. Prince William was way better good looking when they were kids, I think. <laughs> That's the only thing I can say. <laughs> but I, I outgrew it, so it's fine. So tell me about coming to the UK. How did you feel? Funny enough, like strange enough, I never had any anxiety coming in. It was more of like I was very excited. Then when I came here, lucky enough, I just blended so easily. People were so, I'd say, very friendly and polite and manners. I've really seen how people have manners here. Um, and for me, manners can really go a long way. So I think that's why I said... Um, the quality of life here is better. I told my mom, I feel like I really want to see the place right away. I think it took five days before I started work. So when I came in, the first thing I did was just like to see central London, see the touristy places. And then I, I think I was in central and I was carrying just a bit of like three bags on my hand. Someone came up to me and told me, do you need help? Because I think I was struggling on the stairs. And I said, it's okay, I'm fine. I'm like... At first, I was a bit taken back. I said, oh my God, probably they're going to take my bag or something. But my friend told me this, it, it's just London. You would see people like that anywhere. Like 
the first day, I was literally in love with the place. What a nice welcome to the city. What about her work? I think what um, sets this job apart is there's a human side into it. It wasn't long before Angel made a connection with one particular patient. There's nothing really, really special about that patient. It's our connection. Um, I think because it, I was here for about three months. And of all the patients I had, she was the one who really tried to reach out to me. <laughs> like I, I remember she told me, um, once you get out of the hospital, we're going to grab a coffee. I was drawn to her. I look at her as a grandmother as well. We've talked about life. She'd given me the best advices. After three months, I had to go home um, as an emergency because my grandmother died. and then. When I came back, I found out that she died as well. She was a long-term patient. Really broke my heart. I don't know why, but of all the patients that I've taken care of, she was the one who really like stayed in me. Like really had a place in my heart. Probably because um, I've learned so much from her. Um, it's funny enough because I was there to take care of her, but somehow it felt like she was there to impart a lesson to me as well. I was always eager to go back to work because of her. Like I've always um, tell my nurse in charge, when I go back the next day, can you just please give her to me under my care? We should never be emotionally attached to our patients, but I couldn't help it. I'm human as well. And for me, it's one of the big advantages of being a nurse is you don't just deal with the physical issues of the patient. You, you, you have to go through spiritual and emotional. And I think we bonded the connection. Which piece of advice did she give you that you implement in your life now? She told me, like, try to remember why you were here in the first place. And then just never give up on kindness and goodness. Even if everything around you is negative. Because it will all just, you know, come back. Um, it's more of like, um, if you spread positivity, it will definitely come back. You can never bring a good person down. Just be kind. Though it's hard every day, but I think that's the only way you can actually survive if you just just focus on the good things and be grateful of what you have rather than what you don't have. So those were good advices, though. I'm still living by it. Through COVID, there's been an increase in loneliness. Even though Angel has continued to work alongside colleagues throughout the pandemic, she's by no means immune. I've been through, um, I can say, depression stage throughout this pandemic. It's really hard because I wanted to be with my family, but I can't. And then um, you, you go to work, you see people die every day. You go home alone because it's a lockdown. You have family back home that you cannot also, you know, you don't want to tell them what you're going through because you don't want them to get worried. So it's a mixture of everything. And then having to be on that PPE for 13 hours, it's horrible. It's It will really take a toll. And um, yeah, I hope, I, I really hope that there will be more help to look into this mental health issue as well, not just the COVID or, or the physiological side of of this um, issue, it's really um, a struggle for everyone, not just the patients, for nurses as well. 
at the end of the day, you really need you really need to know how to take care of yourself physically and mentally. Um, you really need to know how to find your balance. Otherwise, it will eat you up. Work will eat you up. Um, situations will eat you up. Apart from work, you're going to have personal problems as well. So you need to know how to love yourself. You really need to learn self-love by just giving yourself, say, in a day, an hour to get off from your phone, breathe, have a walk in the park. It really does work. <laughs> a breather, that's how I call it. Because I couldn't get a sunshine or a beach here most often. So a walk in the park would do. Um, get out of my phone, grab a book to read, speak with family back home. That's one of the things that I've learned here, just to really know how to find your balance. Because it's uh, quite challenging as well, living here on your own. I think what you say is absolutely correct. Self-love is very important especially at these difficult times yeah because um at the end of the day um it's only you who can also help yourself people will be there you're gonna get great support i've had a good support from my manager when i'm really really exhausted and burned out i have um support from friends and partner as well but at the end of the day it has to be your own mindset um, you're gonna get exhausted um you're gonna have problems outside work within work and um if you don't know how to deal with it or you know how to cope with it positively it's gonna eat you so you have to be prepared but it's not all bad at the same time because it's what my patient said there's always goodness in everything i know it's always hard to say like be positive think positive because it's okay not to be okay sometimes. Um, but then again, at the end of the day, you really have to be prepared that it's not all roses. Balance, positivity, and self-love, I think that's how you will survive London. Um, and, and be tough. <laughs> be tough, yeah. What we can learn from Angel's story is to take time out for ourselves, come off our phones once in a while, and have a breather, as she says. We're all experiencing a lot of difficulties with this pandemic. And as Angel said, it's okay to not be okay. Many of us are in the same boat, and these times will pass. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please click subscribe. And if you could leave us a review, it would mean a lot. If you want to continue the conversation with us, reach out at ourvoicespodcast.com. Or if you found this episode valuable, please consider supporting us to keep doing what we're doing through our Patreon page. You can find a link in the description. See you in the next episode. I want to acknowledge our sponsor, Swoosh English, for making these podcasts possible. It's the best place to get training and support to pass your OET, IELTS, and PT exams. If you want to hear from doctors or nurses who've passed their exam with the help of Swoosh English, go and listen to episodes from Rima, Midun, Cynthia, Tara, and Hussein. For 10% off any course, visit swooshenglish.com forward slash ourvoicesdiscount.